You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Hello and welcome to Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty. I'll be your host this week, Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. Now, sadly, no Ali this week, but need need not worry. We've got the two best Fantasy Wildcard hosts. Mm-hmm. I'm joined by Kev. You can follow on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Go. Kev, how are you doing? Very good, Matt. Thank you for welcoming me and saying nice things about me already <laughs> and giving Ali a bit of grief. Um, it's a shame he's not here. I think he's, I think he's on a mini golf in, in Pathos. <laughs> Uh, I doubt it'll beat the score I put there when I'm about 15 years old. But um, yeah, it's great to be great to be on on the show with you tonight. We've had a smashing weekend. Um, football's back, obviously. Um, fantasy wise, it's a bit up and down. But the main thing is football's back. We'll worry about fantasy in a couple of weeks' time. Um, just really excited to talk about the the key guys that stood out to us from this week. Yeah, absolutely. Usually I'd be I'd be a little bit jealous that Ali's on holiday, but we got to watch football. So I think it was, it was a real winner here. I think I think we are. So yeah, like you say, it's great that football's finally back. We've waited all this time and and yeah, it's finally back. Um came back with there was um let's just say it wasn't the most great week, should we say, in terms of injuries and, and players underperforming. But as I say, there's there's two key injuries I think that, that stick out. So before we we start with the show, we, we might as well talk about those. And I think the big one, Dak Prescott, obviously the injury that he's sustained looked like he's out for, for four or five, maybe even six weeks. Um yeah, how do how do you feel about this, Kev? What what implications do you think this has in, in terms of dynasty? Yeah, I mean Pat Prescott, if you're playing in a lot of leagues, you're going to have him in some leagues. Um, I think initially, it was talking maybe six to eight weeks, but it, it does sound like it might be closer to four. Russell Wilson had this, a similar injury last year and we missed, missed four games, well, missed three games and he had a bye week, so missed four weeks. Something similar I would imagine here. Yeah. I think wide receiver-wise, going to struggle. I'd be worried if I had CD Lamb and I'm on a contender. I don't think it would be as bad for Dalton Schultz. I think whichever QB comes in, Cooper Rush or if they trade for someone, it's gonna. It's not. I don't think it's gonna affect Schultz that much. Um, I think the problem you've got in Dynasty is if you're a contending team with Dak, what do you do? Do you do you spend capital? Do you try and be tight and get by with a Cooper Rush max bid on on, on waivers? Um, rebuild. I think it's easier though. I think if you're in a rebuild, you're happy that you've got Dak in a way because yep. you don't want to score points, you want to lose games, you want to get closer to the 101. So rebuilds, it's it's easier to navigate than if you've got a, a, a sort of contending team. Um, what what what's your strategy with 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 Dak if you have got him on a contending team? Yeah, I think it's tough. Obviously, it all depends on on what you've got in terms of your, your league, what kind of capital you've got. If you are able to to offer some picks out, depending on the the rosters that you've got. But yeah, a little bit like itself, it it all it all depends really on on what other teams have got. If if you're contending, you've got that press card. Obviously, yeah. You're hitting the panic button already. I know I've got him in a, in a few leagues, got him in a few charity leagues as well, which which is even more painful because I can't really yeah. do much about that. But um, yeah, in, in Dynasty, I think I'm. You, you, I think you've got to do something if you're contending and you've got that Prescott. He's, he's likely QB one. So um, yeah, I think you've got to, to look at some way of making it a pivot. It's going to be tough trusting Cooper Rush as, as your QB, but 
um, I guess needs must. At least that's another quarterback on on your roster. Um, but yeah, I would be looking and, and seeing if you can acquire maybe one of these cheaper guys. Um, as I say, if you've got a few seconds, then I'm sure you could go and offer a second for, for a Trubisky or Mariota that can maybe see you through just for, for a few weeks until Dak's back. I think the interesting thing with, with Dak is that the rumours are that they're not going to put him on IR. So that's kind of yeah. hinting that it's maybe not mega serious, like you said, four weeks, kind of similar to, to what somebody like Drew B's had. Um, I believe in that way as well. He can continue to participate in, in practice as well, which is obviously going to be going to be good for Dak and he should be back straight to, to 100% once his, his uh, thumb sorted. So, yeah, really interesting with Dak. But then... I think as well, just, just on yeah, that, yeah. Sorry, Matt. Um, Go for it. I think as well, like if you're in the off-season, if you're keeping a, an eye on your teams and sort of knowing where they're at and you're realistic with that, if you're a contending team, you should really have three quarterbacks that yeah. can, can stand out and play for you. Um, so you'd like to think that you have got a third QB that can maybe keep you keep you going. And it's kind of lucky with it happening week one because there's no bye weeks till week six. Yeah. Let's say you've got a Jared Goff as your QB three and his bye weeks in week six. Then you're kind of hoping that gets back yeah. pretty quick. Otherwise, yeah, you're going to be playing a week with, with one less super flex QB. Absolutely. And as I said with that, there was another injury, Elijah Mitchell, um, going down for the 49ers again, Kev. What's your feeling on this? I know this this is tough for me and Kev because we're in a league together and we've got both of these guys. So um yeah, is... <laughs> I mean, it's not the, it's not the start you really want, is it? Week one in, into into the new season, but yeah, Elijah Mitchell, Kev, what's your your feelings on on this injury injury and and his downstream implications? Because I feel like this could be potentially a, a big one. I mean, yeah, with Elijah Mitchell, I think we've all been lower on him than the most this off season. I think we were all correctly called him as a as a potential breakout as a rookie and. We all had a nice little victory lap at him <laughs> dominating Dre Sermon and having a great season. But then this offseason, our advice has been sort of he's a ticking time bomb with the, the late round draft capital and he did awesome last year. But we've seen the 49ers, there's no guarantee that you keep your starting job no matter who you are as such. Um, I put a tweet out several months back about when people are laughing at you for Michael Carter saying <laughs> people are taking jabs at you, Matt, but these are the same people that hold in Elijah Mitchell and don't see any trouble. So it is a little bit, it's kind of saved him a little bit in the sense that Elijah Mitchell is going to be, he's, he's not, he's not going to be on the, um, in, in the starting lineups, but you're going to have to hold him. You can't trade him away now. His value's gone even further down. I'd be, again, it's a similar thing to Dak. And if you're, if you're a contending team, you worry. And if you're a rebuilding team, why have you got him anyway? Yeah. Yeah, Joe, I, I think it's a really interesting one with Mitchell because, um, like you said, Kev, we, we've never been super on in terms of, of this this off-season anyway. And and now with the injury, and, and as you say, with the, the 49ers, if, if they're putting in someone like Tyron Davis-Price, a guy that, that they've, they've um, drafted this this year in, in the third round, if, if he comes on and, and takes over that role, how easy is it going to be for, for Mitchell to claim it back? Like you said, if... If he does come on, or whoever it is that, that starts at running back, if they impress, I, I find it hard to believe that Mitchell's just going to waltz straight back into 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 the starting lineup. Obviously, eight weeks, it's looking like he's, he's going to be missing. So, um, in terms of dynasty, you're going to be struggling now for for the for the for the large part of this season. 
Um, you mentioned about not trading him. I'd kind of be on that wavelength, thinking maybe I would even still trade him now, <laughs> even though he's, he's, you, you say his value has dropped in. And yeah, obviously, I was dropped with, with the injury. But I, I think now with it being so immediate, people are still going to think that he was the lead. He's going back to a job. <laughs> Potentially, yeah, maybe they think he's just the, he's that lead guy. So if there's somebody there in your, in your league that, that feels that way and, and is willing to, to sit and wait on him, then... Yeah, I think it's worth at least entertaining the idea of, of trading yeah. him away, obviously depending on, on what you can get, all various leagues to leaguers. Can you, can you tell uh, I hope, I hope our um, league's listening to this? <laughs> yeah, this, this is me just doing a, a really a hard sell on. <laughs> I think the, the, the question you've got with Mitchell is, last year he, had in, he got an injury and he came back and took his starting job straight away, all the touches. Um, will, it, will he do the same this year? They have a, a TDP, Jordan Mason... Um, will he get that job back? You'd like to think so, but they're just a strange team that the rostered five running backs. So I should tell you what you need to know about. There's not going to be a guy getting all the touches, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a headache moving forward with Mitchell not there, and and yeah, even when he comes back, it's it's um, it's going to be interesting, shall we say? But it's really good, and you need to trade for Mitchell in that league <laughs> if, yeah, if you're listening. Absolutely. But with that, Kev, we'll, we'll crack on with today's show. We're obviously going to be reviewing week one of the NFL season, highlighting players that, that we think stood out, and then obviously discussing maybe a, a few little trades and, and establishing where we think their, their dynasty value currently sits. So, Kev, with that, who's the first player we're going to talk about? I mean, we have to start on this guy. You know that I've got OCD, and I like to pick, uh, pick him in order of when they played. Uh, and it's it's Thursday night football, a season opener. Um, there's a couple of guys from that game that actually we could have spoke about as standing out as uh, for good and bad reasons. Josh Allen, uh, Gabriel Davis, Diggs was was awesome as well. Um, Cooper Cup, Alan Robinson for bad reasons, but it's it's Cam Akers that we're going to discuss. Um, if who else could we talk about? Twitter on Friday morning was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> victory lapping in week one, um, <laughs> talking about injuries and stuff. It was just uh, just incredible, um, and his value absolutely tanked after after Thursday night football. Um, it dropped to running back forty two on Keep Trade Cut, which, <laughs> if you think back to maybe just over a year ago, before the injury, it was top eight running back in Dynasty. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. We're we we're, we're pretty high on Acres as a as a as a trio, I guess. So uh, we're not going to be at running back forty-two, no doubt. <laughs> when you look at the box score, you see three carries for zero yards. But as uh, as you correctly pointed out on one of your <laughs> tweets, it, there was a backwards pass by Matt Stafford, which which counts as a rush, and he caught it about ten yards behind the line. It would literally like plus it. <laughs> So it looks off in the box score, but if it was three rushes for 12 yards or 10 yards, it's a lot better than three rushes for no yards. And then you couple that in with Darrell Henderson. He got 13 carries, he got five receptions. So he saw bulk of the work when the Rams were getting behind. Is it game script? Is it because Henderson shines in the past game and maybe Akers hasn't had much practice in the past game recently? Um, it could be that. It could be the fact that Acres maybe dodged a few blocks um, trying to protect Stafford. Probably after that stupid pass that he gave me, thought, "Well, you've you've put me in a bad position. I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna let you've taken it." But 
Um, I, I just find it really difficult to overreact that much on one game. Week two against the Falcons at home, that's going to be a big, yeah. big, big indication that that should be a favourable game script for um, for the running backs. So, yeah, if it's the same again and Henderson's getting the majority of the touches, then it's time to to worry and panic, and then you can potentially look at moving him down, and it might be, um, it might be that you, you do you do start considering Henderson the running back one on that team, but this is a guy that. He hasn't ever been a bell cow as such. He started most of the games last season and got less than 150 carries on the year. Um, I think he is a great complimentary piece, but if they give it to Anderson as the lead guy over Akers, that's not going to last too long at all. So, yeah, and then just thinking back to last year, the playoffs, Akers was the main man coming off an injury. He was playing, he started in the Super Bowl. So, and this is a guy that they took in round two after taking Henderson the year before in, in round three. So, it would just be strange for him to really push Akers towards the end of last season when it mattered and then change the mind for for no reason or for, for a, a small reason, potentially. So, I'm still in an A because I think I'm the highest out of me, you and, me, you and Ali. I'm not yeah. going to jump ship yet, but if it's a bad week against the Falcons, then... I'll be getting a little bit more worried. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, Kev, I think I'm like yourself. I'm not I'm not gonna massively overreact. Obviously, it's not great seeing a guy that I mean, where was he going in, in terms of dying startups this year? Obviously, we know his value has slipped a little bit, but nowhere near what it's fallen to now in terms of RB forty two. Actually, when I looked at a keep trade cut to see where he was ranked, I was shocked that it was it was as low as that. And I'm sure we're gonna talk about a few trades, but it is gonna be lower than than all these guys that I'm gonna mention, which is which is an absolute shock to me. But um, yeah, a little bit like you said, Kev. I think week one, I think I believe both of these guys were struggling with injuries before this game. So maybe it could just be a case that Akers maybe just wasn't as far on as, as what Henderson was. Um, like you said, I think both of these guys have, have impressed when, when on the field. It was a shame that Cam Akers never really got that much opportunity. But um, yeah, I, I tweeted out that video. I believe the lateral were like 12 yards behind line of scrimmage and he managed to make a guy miss, drag a couple of guys towards, towards the, the line of scrimmage. So I think that was an impressive play. It's just a shame that we didn't really get to see too much um, from Cam Akers. But as you said, I think next week's going to be the one where I'm really going to start taking some serious notes. If, if it's a similar situation next week, then uh, the alarm bells are definitely going to start ringing. But as of now, I'm I'm not mega worried. And I think you made a great point, Kevin, about last season and the fact that he was coming off such a tough injury, the fact that they then instantly made him the, the lead guy uh, for the playoffs. And as you're saying, such important games. I think that speaks a lot obviously we know this is the the same coaching staff the same offense everything's still pretty much the same over there with with the rams so you'd feel like why would they do that if, if they weren't hiring this guy so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still not fading like as much as what everyone else seems to be um, in terms of, of his rankings i am slightly concerned with that usage but as i say there was just a few things i think leading up to the game and, and during the game that maybe it's it's not it's not time to overreact just yet. So, with that, Kev, now we're gonna I'm gonna throw three hypothetical trades at you and put you on the spot and let's gauge roughly where where his value is. Like you mentioned, you're probably highest out out of all of us, so it's gonna be interesting to, to see what you think. But first up, we've got Cam Akers or Chase Edmonds. I mean, you, um, you, you get me to break your heart here. Oh, there we started with two guys that that I love. So, 
<laughs> you can't really go wrong, Kev, because I love them both. So. Yeah, I'm, I mean, Chase Edmonds, we, we do all like him. You're, <laughs> I mean, me and me and Ali like him. You love him. There we go. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chase Edmonds is he's got 26 years old. He's lead back for the Dolphins this year. Um, probably the worst uh, a big piece of committee next year. Cam Akers is a bit of an unknown, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Cam Akers just on the fact that he's, he's younger. I, I still believe he has got bell cow potential. Um, I think he's got he, I still think he's got top 10 ceiling um, in his in his range of outcomes. He's got uh, falling off cliff in his range of outcomes as well. But I think just just based on what the Rams did towards the end of last season and it being week one, I'll take the, the proven proven talent uh, in Cam Akers on that one. But it was tough. <laughs> I like it. I think it, it depends on if you're contending, you're probably leaning maybe a little bit more toward Edmonds for, for this year, but anything apart from that, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'll probably go with, with Akers. So, second trade, Cam Akers or everyone's flavour of, of the off-season, James <laughs> Cook. What, which one are you going for here, Kev? Um, yeah, pretty easy for me on this one. It's Cam Akers again. James Cook is in a great offence. Um, when I'm saying situation first thing, that should probably tell you a little bit about him as a prospect <laughs> that um, if it was James Cook on, I don't know, um, Washington or something, then yeah, it, it wouldn't be, uh, it'd be a lot easier. But yeah, Cam Akers again, James Cook, I think he will be a great complimentary piece, but Cam Akers has potential to be a, a free down guy um, again. Love it and agreed. Third trade, Kev. This one, I thought I'd get a little bit, a little bit spicy with this one. Cam Akers or his fellow running back, Darrell Henderson. See, I do like Darrell Henderson. He's my first ever first round pick when I started Dynasty. Ah, okay. So I have got a bit of affinity to him, and I've got him in a lot of leagues, and I was very happy last year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he had a, a decent year. If this became a split backfield, I can see that potentially happening but again week one cam Akers is is the pick if it was next week you ask me it might be a different answer <laughs> but um yeah i'm not flipping acres for henderson but i'm sure that uh, people will have tried that trade this week so clean sweep on on acres maybe i, I wasn't quite as, as spicy as i thought i thought i might have you thinking <laughs> there kev but now clean sweep on acres and any interesting yeah, yeah Chase, I, mean, I nearly got you that on that one, but I think the interesting thing there is all those three guys that were listed are all above Cam Akers in, in keep trade cut and, and their rankings. So maybe if, if you've got a league mate that, that that lives by these keep trade cut rankings, then maybe you've got an opportunity to, to move off on these guys and, and grab yourself Cam Akers. And he's running back 42. Um, if that's true in your leagues, you can probably get him for a second. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I can't believe how, how much his value is sunk, to be honest, but... With that, we'll we'll move on to another running back whose value did kind of kind of sink during the off season. In fact, it looked like the Titanic at one point and, and was <laughs> rock bottom. So, um, yeah, really interesting. But came back with a with a really impressive game. And it's obviously Antonio Gibson that that we're going to talk about for the Washington Commanders. Um, yeah, as I say, what this was a, a big shock to me, Kev. We, we've we've gone through all the off season. Antonio Gibson, his, his values crept down and down and down and down and down. Um, obviously, we got a little bit of, of luck, should you say, with, with, with Brian Robinson getting that. Getting that shot. But yeah, getting shot. I, I tried to play it down as something <laughs> not as not as severe as that. But yeah, getting shot and obviously missing missing some time. Um, 
I thought, yeah, obviously that's great. Antonio Gibson, you think he's going to take up that that lead running back role that, that he had last year, and obviously McKissick being that that receiving back. But I was completely shocked by by what happened. Fourteen carries for fifty eight yards, which obviously that's kind of about what you, you were going to expect going into this this week. But it was the receptions that that really shocked me. Eight targets, seven receptions for seventy two yards. That's a career high in terms of, of targets for Antonio Gibson. Where did this come from, Kev? I mean, I, as I say, I was absolutely blown away by this. I'm gutted because I sat I sat Antonio Gibson in in pretty much every league that I had him because I was just concerned that the matchup wasn't super exciting. And, and as I say, with McKissick there, I was worried about those those receptions. But 22.9% target share, which again is, is unheard of, 51% uh, route participation. So really getting used in, in that receiving game, seeing some... Uh, some looks in in the two minute drill in, in, in on on third downs, yeah, it, it was a complete shock to me. A happy a happy surprise to be honest that that he was using this way. Um, keep trade cut looking at his ranking currently RB twenty nine. I don't know. I don't know what to say, Kev. I don't know what's going on here with, with Antonio Gibson. I mean, I've been trying to defend him for as long as possible during the off season. I was starting to waver um, as as Robinson was was starting to look like being that that that. League, well, the, the guy that was going to take some some goal line um, touches from from Gibson and and some of that rushing work, but now he's come out and put up eight eight targets, seven receptions. It's it's crazy. It's it's something that I hope carries on. Uh, JD McKissick still got some some looks in the receiving game. So, is this now the the new norm, Kev for, for Antonio Gibson? I know I'm certainly hoping so. But yeah, what's your feelings on on what happened week one? I mean, with, with the past game work, I'm I'm a little bit shocked in the sense that. Um, he had way more receptions than McKissick, who was active, and yeah. um, that's we've not really seen that before. We've seen McKissick being sort of a siphon to his work. But if we, look, if we remember to the preseason, he did flash a few receptions uh, deep down the field, actually, as well. So, yeah. and let's not forget he was a wide receiver in college. Yeah. I mean, this this should have happened from day one, Kev. This is what annoys me: the fact, was, <laughs> yeah, the fact that we've had to wait so long for him to, to finally be used in, in the receiving game is, is what's annoyed me. And now it's the fact that I wasn't expecting it, and yeah. now it's happened. Yeah, I just think I wonder if Ron Rivera's just been playing a game with us because Gibson first couple of seasons he was like top thirteen running back both seasons, mm-hmm. moving from wide receiver to to running back. Um, I, I mean, can you think of any running back in history where they've been top thirteen first two seasons then discarded for <laughs> a third round twenty eight year old plodding rookie? <laughs> um, it's yeah, I've always been hopeful on Gibson. I think the the market's overreacted to yeah. to fumbles. Fumbles could be an issue, but the guy's super talented. Yeah. Um juicy matchup again this week. I, I can't remember who they've got. Oh, it's the the, the, the Lions. Mm-hmm. So um they, they conceded four rushing touchdowns to the Eagles, Go Eagles. I had to get that <laughs> one in. But um so I can see this continuing. There's Robinson coming back what week five. What what your uh, Gibson haters will be saying is it's an easy ma- uh, easy matchup against the Jags. It turned out to be in the end. Um, you, you've got Robinson coming back, so the haters will be saying now's your time to sell. But I, I completely disagree. I don't think that's the case at all. I think Gibson's been super talented. He's 
showed free free down potential. And if this offense is going to be decent, we went to looked mm-hmm. looks pretty good for fantasy, throwing it around, making mistakes, but um, giving you plenty of opportunities. And then, yeah, I, I'm very happy uh, with with Gibson moving forward. So, a couple of trades for you, Matt. Mm-hmm. See if I can uh, get you thinking on the spot. So, first one is. Gibson and a 23 second or Kenneth Walker and a 23 third who have you got? This is probably going to be the toughest one, I think, because I have got Walker a bit above above Gibson, but the fact that there's that second and third trade-off is... I think I'm, I am going to go with Gibson and, and that second. Like you said, I think that the potential upside there with Gibson, we know, well, we've, we've seen it this past week, the fact that he's getting used in, in that receiving game. Maybe when... Uh, Robinson comes back if he can at least carry on that that receiving work and maybe take over a little bit more from from McKissick. Then I think you've got that receiving upside. Whereas Kenneth Walker's kind of a little bit unknown in in the receiving game. Um, I don't think he's as bad as maybe as what everyone's making out him to to be. I think he can be used in in the receiving game. But I think Antonio Gibson's got that little bit more upside. So if he can maintain a, a healthy role in in this offense and the fact that you're getting that trade up from a, a third to a second, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the the Gibson side in this one. Good stuff. Trade number two, Gibson or week one darling, mm. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, I think this is a slightly more easy, Kev. I am going to go with Gibson again on, on this one. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, we, we spoke about him before. You're, you're super low on, on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I have a little bit of hope from him. It was good to see him use a little bit more at the goal line this past week. Obviously, those two receptions, um, for two touchdowns, receiving touchdowns um, used at the goal line. That was obviously a positive, but I am still worried that He's just not the guy. I just don't think he's, he's the guy. So the fact that Gibson, who I think is going to see more receiving work than what Clyde was there as anyway. Um, yeah, again, I think the upside with, with Gibson, I'm, I'm leaning that way. And then your last one is Gibson or Elijah Mitchell. This is specifically in a rebuild because Mitchell's gone down injured now. Yeah. Um, again, I, I think still Gibson, again, that, that upside. I, I mentioned a little bit when we spoke about um, Elijah Mitchell and that injury. I'm concerned that he's not got that that um that job guaranteed right when he comes back from from his injury so um there's a lot of risk there with Mitchell and I just feel Gibson while there is risk there that upside again uh, I'm I'm favouring Gibson. It's funny isn't it because on both of the first two running backs mm. the people we've put forward are all hiring that yeah. are not in the market as such and we've yeah. still stuck to us as guns which I wouldn't say it's take I just say it's confidence. I hope not. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, definitely. I think it's confidence. Um, I think both of these guys can can bounce back. So, yeah, with that, we're, we're going to move on to, to the next guy. Kev, moving away from the running backs for, for a little bit and on to a, a wide receiver. Yeah, I, I don't really like talking about this guy, but mm. um, guys that stand out, this was one of them. Um, and I, f- I felt right to, to bring him up. It was good timing. Uh, with everything going on. So uh, I've gone for Michael Pittman. Um, he had an amazing game this weekend against uh, the Texans, if you look at the, the box score. Nine receptions, 121 yards, one touchdown. Um, this was in five quarters of play. So um, not to get too too <laughs> crazy on it with the overtime uh, tie that they had. Um, it's wide receiver six on the week. So I'll, I'll reel off the top six wide receivers. There was Jefferson... There was Cook, um, there was Michael Pittman, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs. Out of those six, one of them is not like the others, and it's Michael <laughs> Pittman. Um, but when you look at the market, why receiver nine at Keep Trade Cut? 
personally, I think that's mental. Um, I, I think there is potential for him to to rise in value from where I've got him in my rankings, which is about wide receiver 16. But not at this stage. I think it, a lot of it's still his situation, the fact that he's the alpha way. If people are listening, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a fuming at that. But um, And there's not a lot behind him. So I, I can see him having a great season um, just based on being the main man. Uh, hopefully Paris Campbell can get involved a little bit more. That'll be nice to see him actually take a step again. Um, our good friend Mags, he put a poll out last week about mm. who would you rather have, Michael Pittman or 23 first. Now, the results of the poll were people would prefer Michael Pittman to a random 23 first. Remember, remember this could be the 101. It could be mm. Bijan. Um, people would prefer Michael Pittman to 23 first. I wasn't uh, on that. On, on that, I, I prefer 23 first to random just because what you could win is is unreal. Now, I know teams that are trading for wide receivers with the first, you're probably thinking, yeah, they're contenders, it's going to be a late pick, yeah. but you never know. You could have a week like we did with Dak and Elijah Mitchell and turn a contending team into something you might want to rebuild. Hint though, if you're looking to rebuild, make sure you've got your own 23 first. Just stick that in there. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't, then you're making somebody else's life a lot easier, a lot better. Um, but but back to Pittman, yeah, I just think where he's at, I'm, I'm not quite there in terms of player. I don't see the ceiling. I think he can be a really solid wide receiver in Dynasty, but I can't see him ever breaking that top five or six. So if I can move off him now or potentially move off him later in the season for a 23 first, I would do that because um, there'll, be, there'll be a point in time where he'll have done enough for your team, the 23 first will keep rising in value. There'll be a point where that becomes a 50-50 at the market and you know that the, the 23 first is only going one way, which is up. It's going to keep going up and up. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, Michael Pittman really stood out for me. He did a cracking week, but I will be cautious moving forward. Yeah, like I say, it was a, a cracking week in Spanish. I'd say it was a, an unexpected cracking week. The fact that they were facing the Texans, I thought this was a Jonathan Taylor absolute demolition job. And, and while he did that, it still ended up being a, a close game. And as you say, five quarters were played. Um, Pittman, that usage, it, I wasn't expecting to see that amount of targets just purely because I thought it was going to be such a, a positive game script, well, a negative game script in the fact that the Colts were going to get up early and, and just hold the, the lead, but didn't play out that way. And, and in turn, Pittman got used. Um, far more than I expected, nine targets, 121 yards and a touchdown. It's funny when you talk about the terms of it is value because I feel like I'm higher than you are on on Pittman. But then on the flip yeah. side of that, that wide receiver nine ranking, a keep trade cup feels high. So I don't know. I must yes. be somewhere in the middle, somewhere between what you are in terms of ranking him and, and what he is in terms of... 12, uh, we'll say 12. <laughs> I think that is roughly about where I've got him, 12 or 13 in, in my rankings. So... Um, yeah, it's a really interesting point as well that you made about the the first and, and Pittman. I feel like Pittman, as I say, this feels like maybe peak value for Pittman, whereas that first, it's going to gain and gain value. And, and by the time we get around to, to draft season, um, after after this season, it's that first going to get you a lot, and, and I mean a lot. And if Pittman doesn't carry on being as dominant as he showed week one, I feel like his value is only going to, going to slide. So, um, yeah, I'm personally with you, Kevin, in terms of that trade. I'm, I'm siding with the... 23 first but i do understand if you're if you're contending you probably want that piece so that's going to get you get your points this year um but yeah we'll, we'll move on to, to the three trades i think it's going to be interesting now given the fact that 
we've got a little bit of discrepancy in our rankings and, and keep trade cuts rankings. So we'll start with one that I feel like I'm pretty confident in what you're going to say with this one, but Pittman or T Higgins? Yeah, this one was super easy. T Higgins is in my top six in uh, in dynasty rankings. So um, yeah, no doubt about that. Um, if it was Michael Pittman and I don't know, maybe a second, I'd still take Teagans. Yeah. Nice. I like it. It's funny they'll keep trade cut there neck and neck. Teagans wild over eight. <laughs> um next one, Pittman or Tyreek Hill. See, this is really tough because Tyreek Hill's going one way. He's in an offense that I don't think two can support two wide receiver ones for fantasy. Um, I've said my piece about Pittman, so this was uh, this is a really difficult one. I, I'm probably just going to lean Pittman based on I see his value going up, I see Hills going down, and they're probably going to finish this season with similar numbers uh, just based on Pittman having no competition and um, and Tyree having wobblers is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I was Pittman, the younger guy, but I feel like Tyreek Hill, we, we know the explosiveness. You could maybe argue that he's got that upside that, that Pittman doesn't have. So, yeah, yeah I thought that was an interesting one, but couldn't quite, couldn't quite sway you away from, from Pittman. So, third one. I'll, I'll switch it up a little bit. I'm getting away from, from just naming another wide receiver. So, Pittman or AJ Dillon and a 23 third. See, you know that I love AJ Dillon. I do. You know I love him. <laughs> so, this was, this is really tough. Uh, and it might be a shock answer, but I am going to take Michael Pittman here um, at this stage. <laughs> I think Dylan, by the end of the season, I think it could change because his week one usage was really good. Um, I think he's, he has got three down potential. If something happened to Aaron Jones, then I've, I've lost the trade because his value is going to be mental. But yeah. yeah, I'll take Pittman with a few to trading it back and getting uh, Dylan towards the end of the season. Okay, nice. So two Pittmans and I, and I got away from Pittman and got a, a Teagan. So, so. Played nice. Yeah, very good. <laughs> so with that, we're going to move on to, to the second wide receiver. And Kev, we couldn't we couldn't have a week one like we had <laughs> and me not talk about this guy. It's, it's obviously Christian Kirk, the guy that I've been banging the drum for. He is my fantasy wildcard selection for, for this year. So the fact that he came out week one and, and was used in, in the way that I've, I've been hoping and praying for. Obviously, we know the Jags paid Christian Kirk a, a huge amount of money. Some people will say too much. I disagree. I think he's well worth it. And he started showing and, and returning <laughs> some of that investment this past week. 12 targets, six receptions, 117 yards. Um, clearly, the, the number one target for, for Trevor Lawrence. It was great to see him immediately go to it's Christian Kirk and him, him filling in and being that wide receiver one instantly. Um, a, a key stat that really stood out to me is, is his slot snap percentage, 84.8. Now, if you know me and, and what I've been talking about on Fancy Wildcard, that is the position I've been crying out for Christian Kirk to be used in when he was with the Cardinals. We finally got to see it last season, and that's when Kirk finally had that, I call it a breakout, what he had last year, but didn't quite hit the, yeah. the heights that, that maybe I was hoping for. But I feel like now this year with the Jags, being that wide receiver one, being used in, in the way that he should be used, yeah, I'm feeling. Can you sense it in my tone of voice? Oh, yes. I'm feeling confident <laughs> about my wildcard section. I'm feeling good. This is a team that they're going to be chasing the game. I think a lot. We've seen um, with the Jags last year as well. The, the defense, while it is improving, it's still not there. And, and obviously, Trevor Lawrence as well, still showing some signs of. You'd say inexperience. Would you say maybe just 
some questionable decisions, but I still feel like he's the package. He's gonna he's gonna be that guy that we all hoped, and and with Kirk as his wide receiver one, yeah, I'm super excited. Kev, keep trade cut got in wide receiver forty at the moment. I'll hold my hands up. I've still been trying to get Christian Kirk in some leagues this after this past week. <laughs> in whatever leagues I don't have him, I've still been trying to throw out a few offers. Maybe getting some some feelers, hoping that somebody's hoping to to sell high. Should we say the fact that he had that that strong week one? Maybe they're, they're not confident on Kirk. I'm confident, Kev. I'm very oh, yes. confident, and and I'm excited uh, for for Christian Kirk this year. So, Kev, anything else to add? Maybe try and calm the calm the waters a little bit because I'm I'm whipping up a storm here. Uh, I'm definitely not calming these these stormy waters of Christian <laughs> Kirk. I, I made a trade for him. I think like might have been Thursday last week. Actually, um, sent Hunter Renfro for Christian Kirk, just a straight swap. I had Trevor Lawrence on my team. I thought let's let's stack it up. Let's get a guy that the market has lower than than it should because mm-hmm. uh, the signs are pointing in the right direction for him. It's great that he's come in and he got twelve targets in in the first game. Um, Trevor Lawrence is going to continue to grow. I feel as well. I think he left a lot on the mm-hmm. on the field, and the more he improves, it's it's only going to be be even more beneficial for Christian Kirk. So. Really pleased for you uh, because you've been on him for a few years. I, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm there. I'm definitely there. I've, I've been acquiring more and more of him, but a little bit late to the party on, on Christian Kirk. Well, um, at least I had to deal with three years of, of pain, Kev, like, like I have. But yeah. So yeah, I mentioned I traded for him. We'll move on to a couple of trades uh, to get you thinking about your value. I think I know where this could go based on your love for him, but we'll, we'll see anyway. So. Trade one, Christian Kirk in a 23 second or Drake London. This would have been tough if it went for the second. I think that that second, everyone knows if, if they've been following the fantasy wildcard for, for a while. I'm not super high on, on Drake London. Um, obviously, we know the opportunity he's got in Atlanta is going to be going to be great for early production, but I've never been his, his biggest fan and obviously being a big fan of Kirk. The fact that you're then getting that, that 23 second, I think that's what's swinging it for me. If it was straight up, I'd maybe be leaning towards towards Drake London, you know, in, in Dynasty and, and that potential over there in, in Atlanta. But the fact that I'm getting again that that 23 second in a class that looks to be strong in, in depth, I think those seconds are, are going to be more valuable than what people are maybe giving them credit for. I mean, we know the first are, are getting blown up, but I think even the seconds are, are going to be going to be valuable. So, yeah, Kirk in the second for for this one, I think. I think that's fair. I think Drake London, the the market's a lot higher than we are as yeah. as, a, as a trio. So, um, and he had a pretty good week one actually. Did Drake London yeah, surprise me how, how well he did? Um, uh, so second one we've got is Christian Kirk or George Pickens. Now this one is tough, Kev. <laughs> this is actually really tough because, as you know, and and yourself, we both love love George Pickens. We're, we were both really high on him pre-draft and, and post-draft as well. Um, stayed true to, to Pickens. So, yeah, this is tough because I feel like the upside for, for George Pickens is is huge um, with, with the Steelers. If, if they get a capable quarterback, obviously, at the moment, with Trubisky being there and, and it being his, his first year, we're not going to probably see too much from from Pickens, but I think long term, I think the potential's incredible, and I'm going to maybe surprise you. I'm going to go for Pickens. I'm going to take Pickens Ooh. over of Christian Kirk. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised, but Thought you might. I'm not going to argue with you because <laughs> I like him too. Um, and then the last one we've got is uh, 
Christian Kirk or Brandon Cooks? Yeah, this one a bit easier. Christian Kirk for me, quite quite easier. Brandon Cooks, we, we mentioned him when Rich Cullen came on. Obviously, always undervalued in, in terms of dynasty and always produces, but he is getting up there every year that we fade him. We're another year closer to, to him actually getting to that age where things start to start to slide away. So, yeah, I'm going Christian Kirk and uh, feeling pretty confident about that one. Solid. <laughs> Love it. I'm enjoying these trades, Kev, getting, getting a sink. I'm liking it. So, so with that, we're going to now move back to, to the, the running back position because this is this is a guy that we need to talk about, Kev. We really need to talk about this guy. So who are we, who are we speaking about next? I mean, we had to bring up a guy from the Giants with them <laughs> winning a game. Um, fun fact before we get onto the guy, because you'll probably all know who it is. <laughs> well, I think we could say it's, it's Saquon Barkley. We can, we can say that, but go on, Kev. Give us, give us, your, give us your stat. Couldn't wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, just a fun fact, actually. Um, because we're on the Giants, I'll, uh, I'll bring it up. Week one, the Giants won. Mm-hmm. Your team. The Bucks won Alice's team. The Eagles won my team. It's the first time that all three teams have won since us three have been on really? on, on the on the fantasy account. Yeah. And Ali couldn't even join us to celebrate. And yeah. I mean, it's it's mainly been my team that I believe <laughs> that has been letting us down. I mean, I just got the books. You've got the Eagles. You've been doing great. Yeah, it's mainly been my fault that that, that, <laughs> that we haven't had this this victory together. But yeah, interesting start. Guys. So so real life. Saquon Barkley, what an absolute beast. Um, it, it was a trip down memory lane to mm-hmm. see him back to his, his peak, really. Um, running back one on the week, 32.4 fantasy points. Usage was immense. He had eighteen carries, six receptions, a touchdown. He also had a two-point conversion, which most running backs wouldn't have made, but he basically was... He had a guy in his face in the backfield. He just shimmied him dive forward, celebrated in the cornerback's face. It was amazing, actually. Um, just the usage again, 83% of overall snaps, 74% routes, routes ran, which for a running back is truly amazing that he's being used like that, like he should, and a 5% target share. It, it was an amazing weekend for him, and obviously the, the market reacted, the people spoke, uh, and he moved from running back nine to running back six, which... People probably think three spots. It's not a lot, but when you get into the top of rankings mm-hmm. and the value, uh, the values, it's a massive jump on, on one on one game. But I do think he is a buy eye candidate, even with the rise in, in price uh, in in, uh, in value. Sorry, costs. I think with Saquon, we just want to see is he back to his best? Can he perform in a, an offense mm-hmm. with? Questionable O-line in the past, which seems to have got a little bit better. Can he perform with Daniel Jones again? So he's answered both those questions. Tennessee's no mugs. He's done it on the road. He ripped off that monster run, which was electric. Yeah, all in on Saquon Barkley. Running back six at Cube Trade Cup. That's, I've got to say, that's that's pretty fair, to be honest. Yeah. Um, really, um, really stood out to me. Clearly stood out to you as well, so I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll quit gassing and let you have a bit of bit of an exciting moment. I mean, I ain't got much more to ask, Kevin. What a weekend for me! Finally, since as we mentioned, the Giants finally winning, and, and really, what an incredible way to win as well. The fact that we went for those those two points right at the end of the game, um, yeah, Brian Dayball carrying those big nuts in and mm. going for going for those two points. Yeah, I was absolutely 
bouncing around the, the house when, when that was happening. So, yeah, great to see the Giants win. And then the fact that Saquon Barker was at the, the key part of that was just the, the icing on the cake for me, a guy that, you know, I absolutely love Saquon Barkley. Even if he didn't play for the Giants, I'd absolutely love Saquon Barkley because he is such a unreal running back when healthy. When healthy, I still I stand by this, Kev. I've said it time and time again. I think he is the best running back in the NFL when healthy. It's just been the, the health. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is also great. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stand too much on Christian McCaffrey, but yeah, the way that he was used, what we what we've hoped and expected, really, we know that he's great. No matter if it's receiving the ball, running the ball. He's got it all. The Giants are finally starting to put together a decent O-line for him. Hopefully that can continue to to improve and we can maybe even see even more from, from Saquon Barkley. But yeah, what an un, unreal week one. Um, thinking long-term though, Dynasty, we've got to remember that this is a, a contract year for Saquon Barkley. Yeah. You've got to, I mean, I, I hope that the Giants re-sign him, but the fact that we have got so many question marks in terms of quarterback and, and other areas of, uh, of the roster, and we know Barker's going to want that, that money, especially if he keeps doing what he did week one. So I think it's interesting looking forward to, to maybe next year, but I'm hopeful and pretty confident, to be honest, that, that we keep Saquon Barkley um, moving on. So, yeah, I'm going to throw some some trade questions here. I thought I've got to got to mix up, pull at some heartstrings, go for some guys that are, that are maybe higher in terms of a key trade cuts value. So starting with the first trade, Saquon Barkley or Najee Harris? So yeah, if you asked me this last week, it would have been been Najee. Um not not very comfortable, but comfortably. Week one, they were always saying don't overreact, but I think it's a little bit different when it's to do with uh players come back from injury. Um I'll, we'll mention a guy on the next uh, pick as well, but um yeah, it's it's safe one for me just because there's a year year age gap in Harris and Barkley, with <laughs> Harris being an older rookie prospect. And the upside, Saquon Barkley, he can finish RB1. I think now Jarris in the 800 carries uh, to, to, to manage that. Plus, he's banged up. That O-line doesn't look any better. The QB looks um, trash as well. So, um, yeah. so, yeah, Saquon for me. But it would have been a different answer last week. Love it. Next that smile. <laughs> Love it. Especially given the fact that now Jarris wants to RB2, maybe three in, in keep trade cuts rankings. So, yeah, I like that one, Kev. So, next trade, Saquon Barkley or, this is the heartstring one, Austin Eckler. Yeah, this is this is tough. <laughs> um, obviously, if I've took him over Najee, I've, I've probably got to take him over Eckler as well. I'll be grudgingly, because I, I do love Eckler. I think the offence is amazing. I think Eckler, with his role as a pass-catching guy, is also fantastic. Uh, but I'll, I'll take the younger guy in Saquon. That's shown that he's back to his best. He's had a couple of freak injuries in the past. So, um, yeah, Saquon again. Okay, now I've got this one, but it's just come to my mind. I feel like I want to ask a different one because I feel yeah. like I'm, I, I think I, can, I was going to ask you Devante, uh, sorry, Devante Parker, Devante, <laughs> Devante Adams. I feel like you're going to go Saquon because we, we love those running backs. Um, would, you, would you have gone? Would you have gone with, with Parker? I feel like Saquon, yeah. Yeah, so instead, Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> oh, that is tough. So I'm going to go McCaffrey. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go McCaffrey because if they both hit, I give a slight edge to McCaffrey. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I would say it's a lot closer than... Well, it's interesting because both of these guys coming off, obviously, tough 
tough couple of years with injuries. So you could probably label them both pretty similar, similar in age, both using the receiving game. So yeah, I can understand why, but I don't think there's a, a great deal in it. And yeah, I can accept it, Kev. I can accept it. Needs so, to move down my rankings. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, the the clear thing that we're, we're working out here. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll move on to to the next guy and, and the last guy that we're going to talk about, and it's Travis Etienne, Kev, one of one of your guys that you've been high on ever since he came into the NFL. Obviously, we we missed his, his rookie year, um, and I think that has to be bared in mind. I don't think seen a lot of people on Twitter overreacting to, to what we saw from Travis Etienne um, and maybe what his, his fellow running back did with, with the Jags. But we've got to bear in mind that this was actually his NFL debut. I think a lot of people yeah. forget that this was actually, he's like these rookies that, that have played. And if you compare him to, to the rookies that have played in terms of the running back position, he was just as good <laughs> as what those guys did. So, um, yeah, I think that does need to be bear in mind. But four carries for 47 yards and then four targets, two receptions for, for 18 yards. I'll be honest, Kev, to, to start the game, I was getting excited about Travis Etienne, seeing Trevor Lawrence looking at him in, in the receiving game. We, we know that connection we spoke about at length, um, what they've got together from, from the time at Clemson. I thought it had all just fallen back into, into place and that Etienne was going to be used as that receiving back, um, getting plenty of looks. And as I say, early on in the game, it looked that way. But as the game progressed... James Robinson seemed to, to get more and more involved. Then there was that that unreal unreal fumble by by Travis Etienne where he got absolutely um, <laughs> destroyed. Basically, yeah. yeah, got absolutely destroyed. Um, probably lucky that the ball went went out of play. But um, yeah, now a lot of people may be overreacting to to what we saw from Travis Etienne because of what James Robinson managed to do, um, scoring those two two touchdowns, which is obviously great. The fact that he was coming back from such a tough injury. Um, it was great to see him be able to to produce on on the NFL field. Um, a guy that we've never really been super on, have Kevin in James Robinson. Wow. Um, it was good to see him in use, but yeah, I think it now makes an interesting case. Is is this going to be James Robinson being that that lead run, running back, and and then ETM maybe use more in, in the receiving? I think that's what we all kind of expected. I think, as I say, people are maybe overreacting. That, that, no, I don't think anyone was saying that Travis Etienne was going to be the clear-cut RB1 and command all the touches. Maybe with, with Robinson coming back from injury, I thought he might get um, a little bit more involved early on. But with Robinson coming back, I think we all expected, at least for, for the first part anyway, while Etienne um, got used to, to the NFL, uh, that it was going to be a, an a RB1, uh, a RB A and B, should I say. Um yeah. So, yeah, I'm not overreacting too much, Kev. I feel like you are probably not either. Keep trade cut RB11. Not really seeing too much of a, of a change in, in his in his dynasty ranking. Yeah, I, I mean, with the touches he got, I actually think ETM did all right. Um, he, yeah. he, he ran around um, in, in the red zone, in the end zone, which uh, Lawrence overthrew him. That had mm-hmm. been a touchdown. And then, obviously, later on, Robinson catches a touchdown pass from yeah. Trevor Lawrence. That's a, a dagger in the heart as such. And I thought Robinson was amazing. It was a for him to come back um, week one and be look, look like he did uh, when he was a rookie was surprising. Uh, I think that yeah, he comfortably out touched ETN was also a shock. Uh, and I think there is right to have a little bit of concern because ETN's ceiling has took a bit of a hit. But we are playing the long game. This is it's a one-off game. We don't know why he's not got as many touches. Is it the fumble? Sometimes that happens where you fumble and you get pulled or you get less less work. But I'm I'm not massively worried. I just feel that 
it was a shock more than anything. So that's why um, expectations have been tempered a little bit. So we'll get your thoughts on his, uh, on if if you've been shocked a little bit as well. So trade one, we've got ETN and a 23 first or Javante Williams and a 23 second. It's always tough when you throw these picks in, Kevin, because they they seem to be the ones that do most way in the actual actual plays that, that we actually that, that we mentioned. Um, yeah, I think the fact that you've got that twenty three first. If we're saying it's a, a random first, we mentioned it. Earlier, yeah. That could be anything. That could be the the one hundred one Bijan Robinson. If it is Bijan, then I'm taking him over over Javante Williams quite easily. In the fact that you then get Etienne who who has that upside. I think that's what's swaying it for me. And, and as well, we've mentioned about the, the depth of this 23 class, even if it is a, a mid first, even pushing towards a, a back end of the first, I still don't think that's enough to to sway me away from having ETN over Javante Williams. And, and I will admit, I absolutely love Javante Williams, what he did um, last night against um, the, the Seahawks. The fact that he was used so much in, in the receiving game was really impressive. So I do really like Javante Williams. But yeah, the fact that he's a first moving up from... A second to a first, Travis Etienne. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Etienne. Good stuff. Trade two, Etienne or DJ Moore. This is a tough one. Um, it is. <laughs> yeah, because I I know that we all we all know the upside with with DJ Moore. It's just we just can't seem to, to find it. I, I was hoping that Baker Mayfield could maybe eke something out of him, but actually DJ Moore had a really disappointing week one. I do think long term, I'm going to back the talent of DJ Moore. The, the fact that we, we've seen thousand a thousand yard season seems to be the norm. It's just we need those touchdowns, and I'm hoping. Obviously, it's, it's only been one week, so I'm not going to overreact too much to, to Baker and, and DJ Moore's connection. So I am going to I'm going to side with the wide receiver and, and go DJ Moore for this one. Yeah, I think I think I'm the same. But last last week, I would have took ETN. <laughs> I just think it's just thinly <laughs> sealing yeah. a little bit for me, and yeah. very close anyway. Um, and then the last one, a monster blockbuster trade. We've got ETN a 23 first and a 24 first, or big JT. I mean, I don't know, Kev. This, 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 this is really tough to, to decide because obviously we know Jonathan Taylor, just an absolute beast, showing it this past week, carried on from, from what he did last year. We all love Jonathan Taylor on, on the Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty show. We're, we're all huge fans of him. Like everyone is really. I mean, he is the Dynasty RB1. But the fact that you're throwing in two first-round picks and Travis Etienne as well, it's tough because I feel like I can't... I feel like I can't go against Jonathan Taylor just because we've seen what he can do, the, the, the unreal ceiling that he could... I, I mean, if he was used more in the receiving game, then it'd be a no-brainer. I feel like I can't go against him, but I am going to go against him. I'm, I'm going to take ETN and the two first. I feel like what you could get from those first. It's funny because we always, I, whenever I say this, I always think of that Family Guy. Is it when when he gets the mystery box? It could have been <laughs> mystery box could have been anything. It could have been a speedboat when he's been offered the speedboat. I kind of feel like this. We we're saying this 23 first. It could be Bijan Robinson. Mm. I mean, Bijan Robinson. He's got. If he becomes Jonathan Taylor, then you're absolutely laughing because you've got that extra first and and Travis Etienne. But it's a big if, and you don't know if it's going to be. Oh, Kev, I don't know. Can I just can I just pass on this one? I think this is no. really close. <laughs> I'm sticking with Taylor. If I've been off with the speedboat, I'm taking the speedboat. I'm not taking a chance. I'm not taking a chance. I'm getting the speedboat. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sticking with Jonathan Taylor. What would you have gone there, Kev? Quickly. I don't know. 
Oh, that's no good to me. That's no good to me, Kev. And with that, that useful piece of information from Kev, <laughs> we'll now move on to some actual useful information from Kev. We're going to go on to the wildcard waiver pickups. So, Dynasty waiver guys that we, we think you should be targeting this week. So, Kev, who have you got? Yeah, I mean, the idea of this is we're, we're going to be talking deep, guys. Obviously, yeah. the audience is really clued up and smart because listening to this show. So, we know that the, the, they'll be playing in competitive leagues and they'll have all the, the, the normal guys that will be available. But the guy I'm going to talk about is Avery Williams, who's a running back for the Falcons. Um, special teams ace, he plays uh, gunner on punt coverage, kick and punt return. He was actually drafted as a cornerback last year and moved back to running back this offseason, which is a position he played in high school. A smaller guy, 195 pounds, um, no touches as a rookie, but he had three on Sunday, and that's two rushes and one reception. Um, he is a different size skill set to the other backs on the Falcons roster. I just feel that if Cordaro gets injured or does end up having more usage at wide receiver, which he talks about in the offseason, then I think Williams can be a change of pace guy, a pass catching guy. So, yeah, in deep leagues, I'm talking like 30-man rosters. I think he's someone that should be on your bench as opposed to, say, I don't know, an extra roster-clogging wide receiver. Yeah, we know running backs can see that spike, can't they, in value if, if situations fall away. So, yeah, great pick. My pick, not going running back. I'm going with Kylan Granson, the, the tight end for, for the Colts. I mean, we know tight end, it's an absolute waste. I've just got to look at this past week. Komet, Irv Smith, Kosicki and Joku, none of them really <laughs> did this week. It was absolute... Absolute disgrace to be honest, because they're guys that, that we've been Fire. around. But but Grayson, his usage really, really up in my eyes. Seven targets, just the three receptions, 22 yards. But we know this is a pretty weak wide receiver core behind uh, Michael Pittman. His only real competition in terms of tight end is is Mo Ali Cox this year. Um Jelina Woods, we know he, he's got potential, but he's still pretty raw. Didn't see too much action this week. Just looking back to to week one, it was a 50 50 to 51 in terms of snaps between uh, Melly Cox and Grayson. Uh, but Grant, Granson actually had uh, 30 pass plays, whereas Melly Cox just the, the 20. Melly um, Cox saw two targets as well. Uh, but Granson used 42% in the slot, so we've seen some slot work, which we know there's there's players making a case for, for that slot role in, in Indy. So if, if Granson can get some use in the slot, we know that that can then return return value in, in terms of fantasy production. So, yeah, I think in deep leagues, especially tight and premium leagues, I think it's someone you should be looking to pick up. Yeah, I had him in a two tight end league. Um, I ended up dropping him a couple of weeks back, so I'll be <laughs> probably tucking my tail between my legs and putting in a claim for him again uh, this week. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that brings us to the end of the show where we've obviously reviewed week one of the NFL season. Any final thoughts quickly, Kev? Yeah, just don't overreact to injuries like I did on a couple of them. Um, I mean, uh, sorry, well, don't overreact to injuries, but also don't overreact and uh, look to, to trade guys and change opinions on guys uh, unless they've been injured previously and they're showing that they are back to full strength, aka Saquon. And the other thing is, Fantasy Wildcard Rewind Show, that's up and running now, so uh, please do check that out. It's on our feed. Um, they're doing an awesome job to begin the season. Um, great chemistry they've got. You have a, you have a laugh watching them. <laughs> yeah, definitely agree about not overreacting to, to week one. But yeah, as you say, the Fantasy Wildcard Rewind Show, I've absolutely loved it. Um, obviously, the, the first one and then this one this this past week, yeah, the guys are absolutely killing it. Loved both of the, the episodes that they put out and, and looking forward to seeing what they can do for, for the rest of the year, uh, rest of the season. But yeah, with that, thank you for tuning on. 
Be sure to, to follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. Subscribe to us on YouTube by searching Fantasy Wildcard Podcast Network, which now includes, obviously, our new brilliant Rewind show. Um, if you can, please do leave us a five-star podcast review as well. Helps us get a, a larger reach. And be sure to tune into us every every Tuesday with the podcast, the stream dropping on, on Wednesday. And, yeah, that's it. Week one in the books. Have a good one, and we'll see you again soon. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.